Welcome, everyone. You're listening to a night at the roundtable coming to you live from bbsradio.com station two. My name is Omina McGee, and I'm your host for this evening. And I'm here with most of my wonderful co-hosts. Caroline Oceana Ryan, who's a channeler and an author. And the Faction Tree White Knights, Rama and Tara. And we have our guests, which is Micah Green and Penny Christopherson. We may be joined later with our other co-hosts, Fianac and Randy. So I welcome you all. This is a very interactive show. I do want to say, however, it is an educational program that we offer education. It is no way any kind of medical or mental health advice. However, we do offer lots of little tidbits to where you can get help and why you might need help if you want to. It's also very interactive where you can call in to discuss anything you want to channel. The numbers that you would call in would be 888-429-5471 or 323-744-4841. I will repeat those later on. I'm going to be the guest also at 10 o'clock. And tonight I am going to discuss complex PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress and the difference between regular post-traumatic stress, and complex post-traumatic stress. I think it's very appropriate for everything that's going on today because if we are vicariously traumatized, oftentimes it triggers the complex post-traumatic stress and post-traumatic stress. So if you have any questions, then most certainly call in. But right now, I am going to do a meditation. Then we will go around the table. So get yourself very, very comfortable because this is a master's meditation that I'm going to be walking and talking with and they are going to be guiding. It's very appropriate for what's going on today. Get very, very comfortable. Take a couple of cleansing breaths. Bring in all your masters and your guides, your angels, whatever, your higher self, whatever your power is. Bring them and invite them, invite their energy to come into your heart. Take a deep breath and breathe it in. Have them walk with you because you are going to be a master walking on the earth for the next few minutes in a meditation. See yourself. You're very, very tall. You're in a white covering. Visualize the earth, the round earth in front of you. In your third eye, you see the earth round. And remember, remember why you are here. Remember the promise, the promise of not interfering with your free will. You are a soul on a journey with many other souls. The promise not to interfere with free will. 
as you walk the earth, you look down upon it, you're actually walking on it, you're walking through whatever it is you want to walk through. You move to the urban city, inner city, Whatever you want to walk through, see all of it. You are not part of it. But you're not interfering with it either. It is in divine plan that allows souls to come to the earth and do what they are doing. It's in divine plan for you to be able to see is going on and have the compassion for every soul that you come across. You bless them for whatever it is they are doing. It is not your journey, it is their journey. Ask them what do they need and chances are they'll say nothing. So you bless them and with compassion you bless them and empathy, and you walk the whole earth, you walk around the whole globe, through all the different cultures, through all the different countries, through all the different upheals that's going on now. There is nothing that you have to do about it other than bless it. This is by divine design that is going on. It has to play out. It has to evolve. The souls that are involved have to evolve. We have to evolve into a place where we are the masters looking upon it and blessing it. Because the earth is the playground for souls. Our job is to make it better. Not to make it worse. Not to complain about it. Not to interfere with it. We can be who we are with love and kindness and compassion. And every time you're stressed out by it, put on your white gown and go for a walk and bless everything under your feet, above your feet, below your feet, to your right, to your left, all around you. Bless everything and everyone of life force on this earth. The earth is designed to take care of itself. The souls that come to the earth are there to learn. They create the uncreate. What appears havoc to us is an evolvement to some. What appears cruel to us is paid off karma to others. We really don't know what's playing out. All we know, we can look at and accept it's in divine order. It always comes into divine order. Because we're part of divine order. If you're going to take anything away from this, that peace with you. That it's in divine order. And it will evolve, it will get better, it will be peace. Peace starts with us 
accepting who we are, that we are masters in our own right. We are powerful. We can share that love and that peace with everyone that comes into our space. I thank you, masters. Amen. So we will come back into the room and we will go around the table and find out what's new. Is anybody with me? We're here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for that beautiful meditation. I've been thinking about that issue a lot, claiming our power. Yes. yes. Well, it's quite, it's a little bit to wrap your brain around, I think. Yeah. With me, a little bit to wrap my brain around. It's to look at the way they showed it to me and then to practice it every day. Definitely does reduce the stress. Well, that's interesting. Yes. That doesn't mean we ignore what's going on. We can just bless whatever it's going and trust that it's all yes. going to come into divine order because it is coming into divine order. And the truth is, the world is the university for souls. <laughs> That's the only reason souls yes. come here. So they can experience yes. everything they're doing and growing. Mm-hmm. The illusion is it's not real. Feels real of your suffering, but it's not the end of us, you, me, them. I like how you also so, said that the earth is playground for souls. Absolutely. Kind of, yes. Yeah, reminder for us to, you know, try to have fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Play. Yeah. And we can have all the fun that we want. If we're going for the highest good, you can't do anything wrong with that. But most certainly that energy goes out to every other soul on the earth. If we're thinking positive, that energy goes out. And eventually all of that accumulates and begins to evolve. It helps souls evolve. We help each other evolve that way. To me, it definitely reduces my stress. It definitely gives me peace because I constantly bless them all. I mean, I may joke about my fairies and everything, and I do say, you know, I'm grateful I don't have any guns or anything. I'm not impulsive at all, so I'm very grateful for that. Because if I was impulsive, I don't know who <laughs> you, you'd be amazed at how strong our strength is. You know, it can really, really go when you, when, if you, if you have the energy that I have yeah. and I was impulsive, oh, there'd be great misuse by energy. No. So, you know, and I don't want to do that because I'm not creating any more karma. My karma is done and I'm not coming back. That's all there's to that. So, <laughs> well, anyway, let's go around the table. Seeing that I have you on here, Caroline, what would you like to add? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, I'm wondering if anybody else is feeling um, sort of these inner earthquakes that I've been experiencing and not like everything is falling apart, but that uh, there's just this ongoing cleansing going on um, mentally and emotionally. And it just seems to be basically saying, it's like someone saying, pointing something out in the closet and saying, you can't take that with you. So give it away or dissolve it right now. And that's, that's really what it feels like. Like we're going on a journey and we can't take all this heavy baggage from the third dimension and from our own misconceptions of ourselves, including what Omina was just talking about, this terrible small image. And, you know, it's interesting because the small self-image, because the word power conjures up a misuse of power. This is what we've been given. We've been scared away from that term. And we don't think of it so much unless somebody says empowerment which has a much more positive connotation. The word power is terrible connotations uh, attached to it from culture, from um, the, the millennia of soldiers and generals and politicians and wealthy people utterly abusing their power. And this is the wounded masculine. And we don't need to attach that, those ideas to the word power. We can absolutely put it in divine white light and say, all this means is that I'm coming home to who I am. And these energies are so powerful, <laughs> so amazing. I don't, I don't think we have any choice but to step into our power. I don't know. What do you think, Amina? Because this I, is I, just... I, I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. Like, it's like um, the ego gain has to be greater than the ego pain in order to create change. Okay. So when we get in enough pain or if we have the desire to release it, the earthquakes are going to come. Yep. I can just use for an example. I always use an example because my clients teach me so much about one of them that just went through a couple of earthquakes this past week because I mentioned a couple of different things and seeing the huge big block there and then the earthquake starts. The blocks come up. You see it. You don't know what it is. You just have a desire to know what it is. Then the earthquake starts. Yeah. And and it can shake you to the core. And that's one of the reasons why I'm going to talk about complex PTSD tonight. Because a lot of people have complex PTSD and don't even know it. Yep. Yep. Okay. And when if, if they don't know it in the earthquake comes. in the body and spiritually so standing in our own power means that we're not afraid we know what's going on we know how to take care of ourselves we know that we don't need someone else to do it for us we can ask for help we can say no when we don't want it they're all indications than your own power. That's very different than what's being played all over the television. That's all misuse of power. Yes. Okay. And, and uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of sexual power, money power, economic power. And there's, then you have the politicians power. You have ones walking around 
thinking that they can do anything they want. That's totally misuse of power. Yes. It's like this chain. She's standing in her own power. Yes. She stood in her own knowing, and she made a vow that she would definitely fight every step of the way for Mr. Trump not to be back in the Oval Office. She's using higher good. And yet she has got to be admired for that. Definitely. Yeah. And it's it's like the prosecutors, the female prosecutors. I think there's one, is there one in Florida? Or there's, there's one in New York. She's standing on power that had the hearing with one of Trump's, um, what do you call them? Uh, former, former, yeah, former administration yeah. members. Right, right. So yeah. they're, stand, they're not backing down for anybody. And these are women. They're not backing down. And they're yeah. following through on what they're supposed to do. And that's standing in their own power. And they're not afraid. That's the other thing. There's no fear when you're standing in your own power. And and the yeah. truth is, when you stand in your own power and there's no fear, nothing is going to touch you. Absolutely nothing. I know that from my own personal experience. Nothing is going to touch it because there's no doubt, there's no fear. You totally trust and there you are. Nothing touches you because there's no intention anywhere in my being that I'm going to do harm to anybody. And when you come from there, when you come from that core, you don't draw any of that negative energy towards you. Because somebody will know as soon as you walk out in your power, they'll know not to mess with you. They'll know it. They instinctively know it. So, yes. Yeah. I think it's wonderful when we can discover the process. It's a chance. It is. It's a breakthrough moment, isn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. Huge breakthrough moment. That moment. Yeah. The thing about it is when you have breakthrough moments like that, you have to practice it every day. Because that's That's true. That's what builds up the strength. That's what builds up your wall of protection or whatever. If you don't need the protection, it still builds, it still builds up the strength where nothing can penetrate through, Mm. you know? So it definitely, but it's like getting up every morning and saying, I'm standing my own power for the highest good. Because that's allowing it to come and to show itself. And you might get tested. I always say, if you're going to get tested, ask them to make it funny. Not painful. Gentle and funny. <laughs> we learn better. I love that. that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. We learn better that way. We don't learn really well under pain because we want to get rid of the pain. We don't learn under any threats. So it's like, okay, yeah. guys, we better make it funny. If I'm going to learn, I want it to be funny. No pain and funny. And I learned, that's how I learn. It's better. Absolutely, it is. And I feel that the old way of living on this planet where we learned through pain is really, that's old paradigm. We're really done with that now. Well, Um, religion taught us that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it served its purposes. Yeah. 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 It's not working anymore for people. Religions don't work anymore for people, unless you're a toddler soul. And (laughs) somebody the other day was talking to me about what. And, uh, you know, I, I just said, well, are you a Trumpigan or are you uh, a Republican? 
<laughs> they were Trumpicans. Okay. And I oh, realized, wow. you have to understand about Trumpicans. I have nothing against them. Give me a decent answer to any question I would ask you. And I realized, you cannot argue with a toddler soul. Yeah. You yeah. can't argue with a toddler. Anyone that's had children and toddlers, they're going to have tantrums and they can't get what they want. Yeah. You just can't reason with them. There's no reasoning with a toddler. So you have an awful lot of the Trumpicans are toddler souls because he's one. Yeah, he really is. But the, the, the awful thing is that they're armed, these people, you know, um, and they're talking civil war if that man is brought listen, to justice. Listen, listen to me. They can talk all they want. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You know why? Because every every FBI agent has got their names. They've got, look at the guy yeah. that thought he was going to attack the FBI. He's dead now. Oh gosh! They're not going to be allowed to get any power because we have a government that won't allow it, won't be inviting it, and we'll squash it if it happens. They don't have the power, the money, or the people back them for a civil war and you need all of that you need leadership they don't have leadership well you know the thing is is that clearly as far as the january 6th insurrection of last year clearly um they the capitol police of dc there were two police forces and only something like a third of them showed up the Metropolitan Police, they were told to stay home most of them that day. So there was high-level um, collusion in what occurred that day. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if Rama's ever asked uh, his people, what if they try to pull something like that again? Because they're desperate to ruin this country, they, these people, the, the, the old power structure. They well, know they're going to jail. Well, a lot of them are already gone to jail. <laughs> And that's going to stop an awful lot of the others. Yeah. Because, well, because they're into the, they're into the five minute glory of it. In order to, in order to bring off a real coup, you need discipline. You need leadership. You need money. You need organization. They didn't have any of that. Mm. Like a bunch of thugs that were having fun thinking they were going to do something. They already did enough what they did, but they weren't yeah. organized the way they, not the way, not the way an army needs to be organized to take over a government. No, that's so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not going to happen. It's not going to be allowed to happen. Yeah. Okay. So I don't worry about that at all, because if you worry too much about that, it puts that energy into them and makes them stronger. I agree. I agree. Oh. I don't think if they do attempt it, I agree. I don't think they'd be successful. It's just no, a they, shame. They won't, you know? they won't be successful. Think of them as toddler souls. <laughs> yeah. That makes it easy to look at them and go, it's like, who's going to order an army of toddler souls to attack? Look what happened when they did. Yeah. They went and breaking everything. You know what I mean? They did some damage, no doubt about it. But they all got cut. That's what you do with toddler souls. You catch them and you discipline them and you punish them for wrapping up. Yes. But anyway, on a lighter note, 
<laughs> I love toddlers. <laughs> I do. I do. They're they're adorable. They just have to be learn learn them and discipline them and raise them. That's all. That's what you can do. Yes. Yes. You know. So who else? Anything else, Caroline? You want to add? No, that's about it. Just okay. rolled over by these energies. <laughs> Like a lot of people. Take a deep breath. Um, no, you're right, though. They will knock you out. They, yeah. I just want to sleep an awful lot. Yeah, and and luckily, I can go lie down when a wave hits me. And I do feel better when I do. When I get back up, it could be 15 minutes later, I feel a lot better. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want any post-traumatic stress or complex post-traumatic. I don't want to be stressed at all if I can help it. So, <laughs> okay, so who else has something to say? I do, Omina. It's Penny. Yes, Penny. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Very much. Okay. Uh, yes. But I I, I wanted Good. to speak because, uh, well, for Penny, a couple Penny, of reasons. Penny, yes, Penny, ma'am. Penny. Just move back a little bit from the microphone. Okay. That's a, thank you for reminding me. How's this? That's much better. Okay, That's fine. Better. I just dropped Penny. the mic a bit. Okay. Wonderful. Well, I had a synchronistic thing happen today. Uh, One is that it's my parents' wedding anniversary. And the thing that went along with it was a was a very appropriate reading. And that's what I want to share tonight, because the reading hit me in the heart, I have to say. So, as I say, today is my parents' wedding anniversary and my remaining siblings and I have been remembering them together. Um, We grew up well-fed, adequately clothed, much loved and encouraged by the parents and by one aunt and uncle in particular. Hugs, laughing and bad jokes were a daily part of life. So just be warned, Tara. I'm not telling any jokes tonight, Tara, but (laughs) this is where it all comes from. Um, They were a a daily part of my life and they were available in even larger quantities when the both families got together. While I was going to university, I lived in women's residence, and mom would send care packages via the local trucker from my hometown. And those boxes never really lasted too long when the word went out on the wind down the halls that the latest parcel had arrived from someone's parents. And that person would uh, be inundated with visitors galore from up and down the hallway. But that was what happened quite a few times. And then when my dad came into Winnipeg for meetings, we would go to a restaurant, a particular one that he knew about, and we'd have liver and onions with turnips. My mother hated this combination with a passion and only made it under duress and then refused to eat it herself. (laughs) And when he took me back to the residence, he'd give me $5 with the words that I was not to tell my mother The odd $5 bill was much appreciated because I usually had a running tab with various friends. Coffee was 10 cents a cup in the cafeteria, and I would run out of cash now and then, and so his generosity kept me in good favor with my friends. What my siblings don't know is that my parents were old souls, as Omina told me once in a consult. It's what enabled them to keep their hair on, when any one of the six of us got into what we would call the odd spot of difficulty. I appreciated them more as I got older and needed support. 
right from the get-go, they'd always been good listeners. So when things got a bit a bit tense, I'd call home and reverse the charges, of course. That was the way it was. That kind of love has been a pillar of strength for me for as long as I can remember getting in, getting into knots about things. So all of that intro uh, led me, leads me to speak about another kind of love, which is even stronger and more profound. And the message came from Cryon today. And like I said, it really hit me in the heart. And it's called the multidimensional love of the creative source of all things. And uh, Lee Carroll channeled this on February 2nd of this year on a healing Wednesday. Perhaps you should erase what you've been told about how much God loves you, or even what you think you know about how much God loves you, because it is not completely true. God loves you more than what you've been told or what you think. That's the truth. Hard to understand the kind of love that comes your way. What if I told you that which you call love has a completely different name or perhaps a completely different perception from us to you? What if I told you that there are attributes of love within your DNA? What if I told you that part of the double helix itself vibrates a certain way with love? Now that's a little different than what you were told. For humans, love is an emotion. It's a great emotion, and then it's emotion that comes and goes. And what I mean by that is you receive it and you give it. It comes in and you are also able to send it out. This is an interesting concept because not all emotions are that way. In the case of love, you can transmit it way beyond the room you're in. In so many of the other emotions you feel, you can transmit them to the bubble around you, but not so much more. That there's something about love. What do you know? What do you know about love and compassion that you've been told esoterically? Now, for many years, perhaps even by the guests on this show, which is Healing Wednesday, you have been told about the field. Love lives in the field. And it can be transmitted a long distance around the world where you can love somebody dearly and imagine that they're receiving it and they will. That is esoterics at its best. It also tells you that this thing you call love is multidimensional. It's more than an emotion, dear ones. Love can trigger a cascading effect of health and balance. And so it is. That's from Cryon. I wanted to share that because, as I said, that went straight to my heart. And um, with the realization of two things, you know, that we can send the love as far around the world and wherever as we want to. And again, you know, that my parents are here listening to this and um, understanding even more now than they maybe understood before. So I just want to share that. Well, that was beautiful, Penny. It's wonderful to have such great memories of your parents. Mm-hmm. It's a tribute to them and mm-hmm. the and the bright souls that they were. Yes. So, you know, I think because that's love, having those kind of memories is love. Really, that is a huge blessing, Penny. 
That's a lovely story to hear. Usually you hear about how crazy families are, but that's very lovely. And also now I'm very curious to know what kind of hairstyle you had in the early 60s when you were at college. (laughs) That's all I can think of when you were telling the story. You'll have to send me some photos. You probably had the big puff, puff stuff, did you? No, I, my hair would never grow long enough for that, Omina. I've always had short-ish hair, and it stands on end and looks awful a lot of the time. But I tried once. I think the only time I had my hair done up in one of those French rolls, which was really the thing, was yes. the day I got married, and I never did it again. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I thought I should look proper, but I didn't like the results too much. Oh, that's, that's all. But that that was a great story. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So, do we have Micah? Do you have anything to say? We have to make it short because we're going to have Ram and Tara come on. I've got a short report. Thank you very much, Amina. Thank you. <clears throat> and greetings to all of our listeners from around the planet and throughout the cosmos. Uh. Well, folks, up to now, we have been taught physics in the matter state. From this point forward, we integrate plasma physics and shift into an entirely new dimension on planet Earth. The newly released plasma enhancement power generators and gas enhancement power generators are so much more than just energy production units. Note the word enhancement within the product descriptions. These units elevate the souls of those around them, including all life on this planet. They can produce pure water and feed us as well. As Mr. Kesh has been trying to teach us for many years now, that we have to elevate our consciousness beyond the physical matter state. Currently, Cash Foundation is in direct negotiations with two or three of the world's leading nations to implement this technology on a nationwide industrial scale, which will ultimately mean energy independence for these nations. A domino effect will surely happen once the rest of the world catches on. Also, 3,000 units on a smaller scale, are also set to be released uh, all in one go. And Mr. Kesh has told us that there will be an instant upliftment of the entire planet as these units are placed throughout the globe. So, folks, don't pay attention to all of the hoopla nonsense in the mainstream media. We are in for an incredible ride as we transition to higher consciousness and the elevation of our mother Gaia and all life on it, which will ripple out into the universal community. We have become passengers of the universe as of June 6th this year, and it's just a taste of what is to come. With that, I will pass the talking stick back to you, Amina. Um, Oops, I, don't I, I muted myself. Go sorry. ahead, Amita. Okay. <laughs> there we are. Okay. Thank you, Micah. 
So can we hear from Rama and Tara? And who have you talked to Rama? Greetings, everyone, everyone. <laughs> around the planet in the other realms that surround this realm. I could say what's happening on many levels is there are many mass coronal ejections going on and a geomagnetic storm. There have been two X-class solar flares yesterday, the day before. There was some kind of geomagnetic storm that was like G4 on the spaceweather.com website and it just means the intensity of what's happening is our sun is going through its transfiguration. Therefore, Earth is. We're all feeling it. This is why everybody is going through some kind of ascension symptoms that are very intense. And I've had my share of going through it today, feeling sort of like a a 10-foot balloon that my head was attached to and I'm 10 feet above my body. (laughs) And it's been a real challenge to stay in my body and say not loony things. (laughs) But (laughs) it's the energies and how it affects everyone differently and I'm just being told by so many folks so many beings to stay in the high heart and not get caught in the lamestream media and I have to quote Master Yoda fear leads to anger anger leads to hate and we have enough fear going on with all the stuff they're feeding the um out there yet we are surrounded by this quantum field and the light pouring in from the sun and there are Recently, the Perseids meteor shower and the other meteor showers in the recent moments, these are all cosmic messengers, as Patty Cota Robles describes. And uh, today, I talked with Natasha, and she explained that there are beings within the sun called solar angels, solar logos, just like Helios and Vesta, the sun behind our sun on the spiritual hierarchical level. These are the 
maintainers, mechanics of our local sun system and local universe. These are celestial, interdimensional beings that don't necessarily have bodies, but they can manifest shimmering waves of energy that you might be able to see. And Natasha explained these scientists she met with in St. Petersburg, Russia, have seen these beings and they're kind of shaken because, you know, Dr. Greer talks about the interdimensional beings that he's having contact with as we meet more and more of our galactic family whether they're angels or elestials or celestials or eternals, immortals, it's all part of the family and how we can learn to interact with this is to not have fear, but to embrace what's occurring because each day I experience more and more transformational energy as things are getting more and more electric, magical, wonky, and at the same time for some, it is living hell. And others, it is heaven on earth. It is a real challenge to be here right now. And I can just say, They're not going to allow a civil war, let alone a nuclear story called Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. We done already did that in Earth's ancient history. And I keep having it pounded into my head. If you think you're going to try to pull one of these things off, just, you know, recall that the galactic can come in, they can just hover over the nuclear power plants, shut everything down, all the power off. And then we kind of have to figure out how we're going to talk to each other. This has been talked about by Dr. Richard Holland. This is um, Master Sergeant Bob Dean, many folks that have, had these interactions at military bases. And right now, Natasha is pointing out the situation, which is kind of a moment where we need the guardians of the galaxy right here, right now. Uh, The situation that the, I heard the word uh, Zaborista, power plant. This is the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. And Mr. Z and NATO and the United States are playing a very dangerous game against the Russian oligarchs. And this could be uh, Chernobyl, you know, a million times more. This is why I keep being told every single day, you know, Ashtar is here. Not quite that much more, but but they're saying it would be a larger disaster than Chernobyl. Yeah, it's, it's, 
and that Zaborista. Z-H. Yeah, it's a funny word. Yes. I don't know Russian, but I heard them pronounce Zaborista. The I don't think there's a T in there. Yeah. I don't I, know. But um, I, I heard that today say, on the radio, how to pronounce it. I was going to say, because I watch RT every day. And then I listen to the media in the Western media, and they're saying exactly the opposite of what they're saying on RT on the Western media. Yeah. It is Zelensky who's attacking uh, the nuclear radioactive plant. Uh, yes, it's true that the Russians are stationed on, at the plant, yet it's not the uh, Russians that are doing the dangerous thing using weapons supplied by, well, the money supplied for them and, and I think the weapons too supplied by the West. Yes. And um, this is, yeah, that's the dangerous part. And uh, the oligarchs of Russia are you might say the backdrop to what's going on. And they're using a lookalike of Putin. And the um, I'm assuming the oligarchs gave that lookalike cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think so. And so he, you, he, he doesn't sound, you don't feel uh, Putin's energy when this lookalike speaks and he's extra fat cheeks and supposed to be because he's got that illness and things like that but um, this is a, a, a manipulation to keep the minds uh, in the dark in the west especially thinking that, you know, we can keep that big, bad Russia idea going on. The and, Cold War. Yeah. And the uh, issue now is, is really looming, I say, really ugly. Uh, I lived in Sweden for four years, and now they're becoming part of NATO along with Finland. I never made it to the to the landmass of Finland. I I took a boat ride to this island, which is part of Finland, but it's in the sea between Sweden and uh, about halfway up the coast of Sweden, across toward Finland. Uh, all I can say is that at the time, I had a counselor in college was an aspect of Joao Kuhl. And he he introduced me to the Theosophical Society uh, when I was attending college there. And he was a, a, a counselor advocate for me. And uh, that really expanded my awareness. I, I was in the presence of Dora van Gelder Kunz for about four years. Uh, twice a week wow yes caroline 
That's quite something. She is total master in a body. There was no doubt. There is nothing you could do but just open your heart and be. Then there were doctors and nurses and chiropractors and all kinds of other medical professional people. I was attending napropathic college, which is a, you got to study. You got to have all your knowledge down, just like you went to a college of a medical college. Uh, but uh, taught you how to work with your hands to manipulate the spinal column. It's, uh, it's very subtle body work, and it works with the tissue and the fascia, et cetera, to help you align. And <laughs> very, very excellent work. But the point to us that I had all of these amazing uh, gifts in the form of human beings that helped me uh and i i can cont- i can attest to keeping my heart open and that would have been the only way that this would take a course like that and uh, i was only able to go to college because i got a scholarship and uh after that i i was able to get a couple of loans and I don't even want to know what the interest is. That <laughs> I just did never, never was able to pay those things back. But uh, I'm here now, and being in this council right here is the gift that I have, and and the awareness that we all have to have here to be able to share to collectively. Yeah, this, the the empire is very much falling fast. And that's the message. That's the whole message. And I will let myself pass the talking stick back to Rama because the time is going fast, Domina. And uh, we would like to have Rama read the, uh, the last week's messages. Okay. That would be good. Oh, thank okay. you. Okay. Okay. Um, this starts out on the 12th, and he, there's a picture of the Dalai Lama, and he's looking out at the village in the early morning from the, his residence in the remote Himalayan village of Wingshed Lada, Utah. UT India on August 11th, 2022. Ladakh. Yeah, Ladakh. Right. Okay. And um, he is just contemplating the universe. And so this is Monday, the 15th. I went to visit Professor Nicodemus and Dr. Steve at 11.50 a.m. late this morning. On the large computer screen, they showed me a live picture of our son, Saul, which has two huge coronal holes in it. This has been going on since Monday, like I've been saying with the sun. There are solar flares headed in direction of Mother Gaia within the next 48 hours. The Schumann resonance chart shows many white lines 
it's very hot in the kitchen. Right now, our best advice to everyone is to meditate and drink plenty of water. Then I went on my way to and sent a direct message to Katrina Vandenhubel. I asked, what is up with Mr. Putin? Katrina texted me back and said to me, Lord Rama, the Putin you are looking at on the tube is lookalike with cancer, given to the lookalike by the oligarchs. The real Putin is continuing to work with the Andromedans, as we are very close to full disclosure and first contact. I can tell you, Lord Rama, that our galactic friends are here. See you in the light of the most radiant one, Satnam Namaste, Grace Divine Light. Um, this is Tuesday. I contacted Lady Master Na- Natasha by text at 11.35 a.m. this morning. She said to me, Lord Rama, the Ukrainian military are shelling the largest nuclear power plant in Europe, located in northern Ukraine. And President Zelensky is falsely reporting that the Russians are shelling the power plant instead. This is a major red alert. As there were, as there would be an unfortunate accident, that accident would be larger than Chernobyl. Captain Ashtar is on standby. This is my comment. As the Metatronic chip in my head goes off, everyone will be feeling the same energy. There will be a momentary pause. Time will seem to be standing still. The captain will probably already be on screen. This is within the realm of infinite probabilities and possibilities right at this time. Meanwhile, the sun sent out two more X-class solar flares. There were radio blackouts in part of the United States and Central America and parts of Canada throughout the day. The dark side is going down fast. Don't get caught. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. This is the path of the dark side. Blaze the violet fire. Satnam Namaste. This is Wednesday. I went up the back roads, up the back side of the Santa Fe Ski Basin today. It was 12.12 p.m. early this afternoon. There I created a Jedi Council, and the poppy lady showed up, along with Tom, the ringtail cat, Larry Curley, and Moe, as well as Lady Nada and Mr. X. They all said to me, Lord Rama, heads up, our son Saul has sent out two more X-class solar flares today. The transfiguration of our son has begun in earnest. As you are experiencing ascension symptoms, know that you are right on time. 
today is a critical juncture. As in the Oracle report, the Zolkin, Solkin, the seven death, revelations of change. Satyuga is here. Pay no attention to the holograms on the screen. They are on an automatic feedback loop. The only way to get out of the matrix is to be in service to the whole. Love is the answer. This solar cycle is about raising it up. Meditate every day. Focus on your siddhas. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Satnam Namaste, praise the light of fire. And this is the Oracle Report. Uh, the moon was in Taurus and the higher octaves, the hero's journey, confident in your ability to cope, endurance, preparing with resources, reliance on self, balancing logic and intuition, cooperation, mutually acceptable, acceptable teamwork, unwavering passions, revolutionary. Reinforce your spiritual strength. And um, the Oracle report is showing a zoomed-in rose, and what they're asking is, does the color ignite something in you? Do you see a creature? Or, I mean, a, a creature crawling away or something moving, journeying through our uncharted territory? A picture is worth a thousand words. You can find this at the oraclereport.com. And this is today. I received a text message from Lady Natasha again at 12.15 p.m. this afternoon. She said to me, Lord Rama, I am in St. Petersburg, Russia today. I am meeting with some scientists who are concerned about the solar flares. These scientists are actually seeing beings in the solar flares. Natasha explained to me, Lord Rama, these beings are solar angels or solar logos. Celestial interdimensional beings who maintain the functionality of our sun Sol. Each sun system has its own solar angels or solar logos. This is throughout this galaxy. You don't even ask how many suns there are. Just something like 80 billion. Use your consciousness and tune into those suns. And there are solar angels, solar logos. This is what's going on right here. Meanwhile, President Z, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, and President Erdogan of Turkey 
are having a chat about de-escalating the situation at the largest nuclear power plant in Europe, located in northern Ukraine. Each side is blaming the other for the increase in violence. President Erdogan has a way to talk to Putin's lookalike, who will then talk to the Russian oligarchs, relaying President Erdogan's message to them. Time's up. The message President Erdogan is delivering to the Russian oligarchs through President Putin's lookalike is that the Ashtar command is here. And the command is saying that any thought of using nuclear weapons in combat will be intervened upon and stopped before they can even move in that direction. See you in the light of the most radiant one. I know how to alert you, Lord Rama, as the captain is ready to speak to the world. Satnam Namaste Blaze Fire. I pass the talking stick back to you, Omina. Thank you very much, Ram and Tara. Now we will begin our second hour, and I am going to talk about complex PTSD because I think it's important for people to understand it. And if anybody wants to call in and talk about it or ask any questions or anything else for that matter, most certainly do. The number is 888-429-5471 or 323-744-4841. You can ask anything you want because somebody on the panel may be able to answer. And if we can't answer, we probably can refer you to where you can get the answer. So yeah, what? Go ahead. Omina, we just want to point out you spent many years as a social worker and counseled an awful lot of people. So if somebody feels to be uh, in a place where they need to talk to someone, you know, call yes. in. That's yes. better than just sitting there feeling isolated. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, I have lots of experience in the in the mental health fields, the HIV, AIDS, addiction field, and domestic violence. That about covers everything. And I have learned so much from all my clients. And then, of course, I still work with people on a regular basis, face-to-face, on Zoom, and around the world. So I do have quite a lot of experience, and we more certainly would welcome anyone that might be having a difficult time just to call in and talk to us. We can help you. We can send you in the right direction. But most of all, we can listen. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Caroline, for bringing that up, because that's important for our listeners so that they know we're not talking to our hat. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You know, (laughs) credibility does go a long way. Yes. Anyway, I was I was going to discuss what is complex PTSD because we have PTSD, which is post traumatic stress disorder, and then we have complex PTSD. It's a stress disorder that that may result from repeated prolonged trauma. Now we all know that most veterans that come from war zones have PTSD. 
It's an anxiety condition that involves many of the same symptoms, complexes, as PTSD, along with other symptoms. And it can be, you can get it from many things. You can get regular PTSD caused by a number of traumatic events, a car accident, natural disaster, near-death experience, or other isolated acts of violence or abuse, or trauma that's happened in your life. That can, that can cause regular PTSD. Complex PTSD got a lot of attention from the, from the 80s because it became more prevalent. Maybe it was because everybody was coming back from Vietnam and maybe families were experiencing more of that and veterans were experiencing more of that. So they did put it into the manual of that, the statistical manual of mental disorders in the fifth edition. So a lot of professions use this to diagnose people with complex PTSD. But both of them result from something deeply traumatic and cause flashbacks, nightmares, insomnia. And both of them can make you intensely afraid and unsafe, even though the danger is past, especially when you have flashbacks, because it brings up all those feelings again. However... The similarities there, their their characteristics that that differentiate complex PTSD from PTSD, according to some experts. And I've worked with people, and and actually, ones that suffered from uh, complex PTSD, right there in front of me, they're right back to that as if they're experiencing it all over again. So. You could have PTSD that's caused by one one single traumatic event. Complex PTSD is caused by a long-lasting trauma that continues or repeated for months or even years. That's the complex trauma. You, Some of the clients that I worked with were in satanic cults as children, and they were abused ritually. Anyone that suffers abuse on a ritual basis, like every day or three or four times a week, oftentimes young children and families do, through violence, sexual abuse, the threat of it, that creates a complex trauma. And oftentimes complex trauma is from childhood trauma. Because... The harmful effects of oppression and racism can add layers to complex trauma experienced by individuals because you get society layers on top of family layers. So the psychological and developmental impacts of complex trauma early in life are often more severe than a single traumatic event. Because when you are Abused in a ritual sense. For some, it goes on for years. For some, it goes on for months. The key is that it goes on and it's repeated. And has long-lasting consequences of complex PTSD. Comes from long-term repeated trauma. Usually from childhoods. And it's usually more severe than PTSD. 
regular PTSD can be caused by a single event, can result from a traumatic experience at any age. It's usually milder than complex PTSD. Now you have natural disasters that can cause uh, PTSD, like the death of a spouse, the death of a child. They can be very, um, death of a spouse, not a spouse, death of a parent when you are a young child and the death of a child when you are a parent. They both can cause uh, post-traumatic stress. I remember when my daughter passed away and I had other children. I don't think I ever went to the hospital that she died in for four, it was probably 40 years went by before I went. That would be considered somewhat PTSD because event happened to my children, that's not the hospital I would take them to because that trauma is still alive in my body. So, and you worry if, it, if, if your kids are going to get sick, does that mean they're going to die? So, I'm just giving you an example of what post-traumatic stress does. And that's a single event that I had no control over that was traumatic that would give you PTSD. So now you imagine that we have, don't imagine having the trauma inflicted upon you by someone you love, someone you trust, or someone you're afraid of in your household. And they violate you mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And they do it on a regular basis. They end up becoming complex PTSD. And that's where the core symptoms come from, where you re-experience, where you try to avoid, or your hyper-arousal. You're, you become hypervigilant. Some of the symptoms of complex PTSD, difficulty controlling emotions. It's common for someone suffering PTSD to lose control over their emotions, which can manifest as explosive anger, persistent sadness, depression, and suicidal thoughts. Also negative self Use cause the person to view themselves in a negative light. They may feel helpless, guilty, ashamed, become shame based. They often have a sense of being completely different from other people. That's the feeling that they almost isolate themselves from themselves. Especially if you're a young child and you're violated, you don't even know what the emotions are. You can't even name them. So, of course, you have a difficult time trying to control them because you don't even know what they are. And that creates the anxiety. Or you can detach from the trauma. You disconnect. You depersonalize. And the world around you. You sort of, you know, you're not in tune at all with it. Some people may even forget the trauma. You don't forget the trauma, bury the trauma as a survive. It doesn't stay buried. At some point, it's all going to come out because the symptoms become life-altering and cause significant impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of life. They do 
we, we don't get out of it free. There's no free card because we have to integrate the healing part of it. And I'm not saying that's an easy journey. I know it's not an easy journey. And it's also, it's longstanding. And, and complex PTSD comes with its own set of symptoms. Some believe that the condition is too familiar to PTSD and other trauma-related conditions. But actually, it's similar, but it's not the same. It's definitely much more intense. So it's, it's kind of like, it's better if it can be separated into a separate treatment for PTSD or for complex PTSD. And again, we already talked about the cause of it by severe repetitive abuse over a long period of time. The abuse often occurs at vulnerable times in a person's life. Again, as I said, early childhood, adolescence. That's usually when most of it happens, is adolescence and young children. And what it does then is that it can have quite an effect on the brain in terms of um, the, uh, has changes in the brain, the key area of the brain, including the amygdala, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, the hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex. So that will interfere with a lot of regulating emotions and judgments and not quite sure sometimes how to go problem solving even. It affects our relationships. And if we, you know, you'll find it, like I said, in child abuse, neglect, or abandonment, there's a difference between natural trauma and inflicted trauma. Lots of children suffer natural trauma. Again, it's like the death of a parent that can do it, or something they have no control over that's different than at the hands of someone they, they trust and love. Uh, in these type of events where, that I repeat, where you can have domestic violence, genocide, torture, slavery, childhood soldiery, that happens on a societal level that creates complex post-traumatic stress. But on a familia, it can be a lot of the same stuff. You can definitely have the child abuse and the domestic violence, and there's no escape. The child doesn't even know who their allies are, who they're to go to. I do know, and I'll tell you a story about a woman that I've been working with on and off, who won a session with me. She wanted her husband there, her son there. I don't think I told you this before. But it came down to she wanted me to fix them. And what it was, her complex trauma was up, was really up because it began to make her physically sick. And if she could, if I could fix all them for her, her trauma would become less, which is not true. She had done years of therapy and she told me this and I said, yes, you did. I said, you did talk therapy for years. But you didn't do any emotional therapy. 
And I asked one of my guides, what is it with the emotional therapy that, well, if we're human, we don't want to grief. The pain of grief, the pain, the loss of innocence, the loss of childhood, the loss of betrayal, is so painful. We think we're going to die if we feel that kind of pain. We wish we were dead if we feel that kind of pain. There's lots of times just suicidal ideation that goes with complex PTSD. But yet, that's the only thing that we have to go through to get to the other side, to get our power back, and to know that we're okay. But remember the damage that happens when we're young children, and that kind of trauma happens to us. It affects the brain, and the brain finds another way to cope. So we miss the natural maturation of growing up. We miss the stages of childhood. We miss the stages of pre-adolescence. We miss the stages of the adolescence. Because we're so really trying to survive our early childhood trauma. And it's kind of, you need to be assessed for it if anybody thinks that they're, that they've had the trauma. And there's a lot more out there that I know. It's astounding. The amount of children that were subject to sexual abuse as children that went on for quite a while until a lot of them after they got to the age where they could become pregnant, then it stopped. Or they got old enough that they were able to move themselves from the house where they were being abused. That's ritual abuse. Ritual abuse is a ritual abuse. It's just different degrees of it and different levels of torture around it. It's all torture. Psychotherapy helps. Medication helps because of the anxiety or depression that becomes a result of it. Because if you're not medicated, you don't have the energy to do the work. It doesn't mean you have to be on medication forever, but it definitely helps with the symptoms when you're doing the work. So anyone that's totally against meds, I understand that. But don't rule it out totally until you've done all the homework around it. Psychotherapy is good if you have a good psychotherapist to help you work through it. It's It's like, I know from working with people, I've taught them how to name the emotions, what they were feeling. That's power. When you can name your emotions, you have power. Because now it helps to reduce the anxiety. Whatever you're feeling, you can't name it. Children don't have the language when they're small. And don't don't think for a minute that Babies cannot be sexually abused. They can be, and they are sometimes sexually abused, all the way up until they're 10 years old, older sometimes. So it's really learning how to understand the symptoms, how do you cope with them, where do you get help for it, and knowing if it's regular PTSD or if it's complex PTSD. And what are the triggers? Well, let's say a trigger for a vet might 
be a car backfiring. You might go on the floor thinking it was a gun firing. That would be a war bed, would be PTSD. But let's say you are complex PTSD. You might be in a, in a relationship. You might be in a family system. And a look might trigger you because you know what's coming. Let's say you've got a look and you know you're going to get visited that night in your bed because somebody's going to come and sexually abuse you. And your anxiety already starts with that look. But when you're working with somebody as an adult and they're talking about that book, they're right back there like it's happening to them. That's the difference between complex PTSD and regular PTSD. Regular PTSD has a memory. Complex PTSD is a live memory. So there is a difference in terms of what you might be experiencing. And it's good to know the difference because when you know the difference, then you can do something about it, and that's where your power lies. They have different, you know, they have different models. They have the the, uh, the eye movement desensitization. I don't know how good that is. Some people talk about it as being really, really good. And also... How was it treated? How do you how do you cope with it? Do you find support? I think a social if you have a social support group network, and it's you you want to be careful about the groups. You don't want a group that's going to re-traumatize you. You want a group that's going to give you good coping skills. Okay. Like if you if you uh, if you want to feel well, you want to be if you're feeling overwhelmed, ang- angry, or anxious, or fearful, then reach out to a trusted friend or a family member where they can listen and validate who you are, and know that you're safe being able to talk to them. So practice mindfulness. Because that helps you become more aware at the moment and to combat the feelings of distress. It involves learning ways to focus on the present moment. It's like giving yourself a message. I know this is not real right now. I'm just having a complex PTSD moment. It happened in the past. And focus on something in the present so that you don't stress yourself out. You can also write about it. Write down your thoughts. It's amazing what happens when you write things out. It helps to get it off your chest. I do know when it's not treated, if it's not been emotionally healed, it affects everything, practically everything in your life. It can give you a negative outlook on everything. Nobody is no good. Nobody is trustworthy. Everybody is lying. That's not what, that's not real what they're saying. They're always looking for the off, awfulizing everything. Isn't it awful? Isn't it awful? Projecting the negative, projecting what could happen. Sort of like that. They also have some helpful books that can help with that. The Body Keeps Score. 
when I was doing hands-on healing and I was teaching people Reiki, I would always ask that okay for me to put my hands on them because that's where your body keeps score. Your body has a memory. And oftentimes if people touch you in certain parts of your body, you're going to react when they don't have permission to do it. Let's say um, someone walks by, touch you on the shoulder, and you have a total reaction to that. That's because if you were ritually abused, that was a signal. I'm coming to see you tonight, especially around sexual abuse victims. That was a big one. The touch, the look, the anger even. And also from surviving to thriving. That's by Pete Walker. And keeping scores by Bessel van der Kohl, MD. If you, you know, it's like it's important to seek help for anyone that's listening in the listening audience. If you think you have suffered complex post traumatic stress or someone you know in the family. If someone in your family is telling you a story, what happened to them when they were little, they're not lying. Listen to them and see if you can help them. They have, I can give you, uh, uh, I can give you um, a 1-800 number. Because oftentimes, People turn to drugs and alcohol and anything else that they can to relieve the anxiety so they can feel normal. It's really, the, the National Helpline is 1-800-662-4357 for information on support and treatment facilities in your area. That's the line for the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, SAMHSA. And they were the ones that when I worked for 10 years with people living with addiction, HIV and AIDS, it was through their funding that we had that program. And we had an awful lot of traumatized people because addiction is only a symptom of something much deeper. And working for people that at the time, they taught me everything I know. So anybody, if they would like to call in and like to talk about or ask more questions about it or anybody on the panel, please feel free to ask any questions that might help. I'm going to repeat the numbers again. 888-429-5471 or 323-744-4841. Okay, I passed the talking stick for anyone that might have a question. Well, I just wanted to comment that I appreciate everything you're saying, Omina, because you're right when you were talking about incest and violence, you know, other forms of violence in the home and yep. yelling. This is this gets very much less press, I think. Getting yelled at and being um, demonized, probably because say that child is the scapegoat of the yes. family, yes. and and you know cutting remarks. I always tell people it, it's 
very hard to get to, to heal from be you know move from being a victim of incest to a survivor and then a thriver and it's taken me many years since right. the memories first came up but i can tell you that the yelling and the insults and the cutting remarks and the constant criticism you know uh, that cut pretty much as deep as the sexual abuse and oh, i don't think people realize it you know no if it's done on a regular base yeah if any any abuse on a ritual base if it's done on a regular base it causes very deep wounds absolutely mm. because that child goes into the adult, they're trying to survive, and then all the triggers come from there. It could be someone that might say a cutting remark that triggers yeah. everything off, okay? Yeah. And and it's like I still have a hard time trying to understand how somebody, it's, it's funny, I think I can understand the sexual abuse much more than I can the emotional mental abuse if that makes sense at all well some people understand one kind more than the other yes that's just natural i think that oftentimes the sexual abuse is not verbal it's physical action exactly and yeah and 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 there's oftentimes there's not a lot of dialogue that goes on with that but when you come at a child every day how and you're yelling and screaming at them yeah. And and their children, and that it is so so so, it breaks the spirit. It all da- it's all damage. I'm not I, I'm not. I think it's all horrible. Whatever it is, it's not. None of it is excusable. None of it's excusable. Yeah. Because I see the damaged adults. I work with the damaged adults. I still do. I'm still blown away with the amount of. Um, females that are sexually abused and the now it's coming more where men are coming more forward when they were children or sexually abused some people that abuse children don't care if it's a male or a female they don't care they're just they're just perpetrators and they're just they're predatory they don't care who they abuse yeah and it's very very it's very important to learn what triggers the emotional memory. What triggers it? I think it's always going to be there, but I do think through therapy and help that it becomes less and less. You might end up with the memory. The hope would be, excuse me, to have the memory without the pain. Yes. That would well, be the hope. Yes, that is yeah. one big goal right there, other than getting and- your your selfhood back, your personhood and your... Um, exactly. Self. exactly. Yeah. Yes. And, and, have, I, and have your power. Yeah. If I may say something, um, Omina, uh, just on yes. that note, um, the, the technology of the Keshe Foundation, it's, um, it has the ability to bring the body back to near perfection as in the state of the womb. So uh, from my understanding, uh, PTSD and all of these things, uh, abuse, uh, that can be, um, I'm not sure about the memory part, but it can all be brought back into balance where the, the, the being feels fully, you know, like they would as if they were born again kind of thing. 
Well, I think that would be great. But the the born, I definitely, I do therapy with like born again. Except that it, what it does is to integrate the emotional healing. Now, I don't know if the Keshe Foundation can do that. Because when you can integrate the trauma, the emotional trauma, integrate it in the healing part of it, then you do end up with the memory without the pain. Yes, but and, and the, the technology does work on the emotional body it absolutely it balances it and and also not only the physicality but the emotional uh energetic body and then also the soul so it works on elevating all of those um fields but how long does it last i mean the the how long does when somebody goes through all that which i'm sure it's not available to a common person because maybe they couldn't afford it. But how long does it last in terms of going through all of that without actively participating in in uh, the memory of it? How long does it last? How long? I know so, we can change our energy, but how long does it last before those memories creep back in again? Well, I, I don't have a specific answer to that, but uh, in your in your reference to not everybody being able to afford it, that's the beauty of this technology, which he's releasing on a worldwide scale right now, is that you don't have to physically go to Linz and sit in one of these flight systems or enhancement units. Uh, you're going to benefit everyone, every soul, every animal, every plant on the planet, will benefit from the fields uh, radiating from these plasmatic fields that are now integrating into our world for the first time. Uh, These units being shipped out now, uh, December and January, they'll be shipped out on a global scale. Uh, And just by burning these gases, like for example, the, the gas enhancement plasma generator, Uh, Just by burning these gases in this plasmatic field, everything around these energies will will elevate their soul. So uh, that's the beauty of it. And and this is how Mr. Kesh is saying it's going to be a uh, all at once kind of thing. Once these things get released on a mass scale, the whole world will will have an elevation regardless of your whether you're a world leader or you're a toddler soul or doesn't matter, you're going to get an elevation, which is the beauty of this technology. But does the elevation, does it help you to mature, to grow? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, 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 the knowledge that he teaches is the knowledge of creation and the knowledge of the universe. This is something that has never been taught in our education system ever. And it's now it's well, Mr. Kesh has been teaching it for quite a while, but it's been, you know, a very gradual, slow um, integration and and adoption. Uh, You know, um, they think he started the Knowledge Seekers teachings back in 2012, and that's every single Thursday since 2012 there's been a teaching and if you go back and you listen to these things uh it's it's so advanced and beyond there's i don't believe there's anybody 
that has this knowledge that Mr. Kesh is teaching, which is why he has some of the top uh, scientists and everything from around the world. Once they catch on to it, they're absolutely immersed in it and they become, uh, you know, knowledge seekers is what it is. Right. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, I highly recommend it. It's, you know, we're learning about how the universe works, how creation happens through these uh, magnetic and gravitational fields that interact with each other. And everything in the universe is made of plasma, including well, well, 90, okay. yeah, I, I can definitely understand all that intellectually. Okay. Now my, my question would be, okay, so we have all this at our fingertips and it sounds really wonderful, but what about the distraught person that's sitting in front of me and I'm trying to tell them, well, it almost sounds like there's a cure and you don't have to do an awful lot of work. How do you emotionally relay that to somebody that's in so much pain for them to understand that. I mean, anybody can tell, tell me of whatever suggestions that might be around that. I definitely would love to know uh, from anyone, actually, if you've experienced any of the cash healings, how it worked for you, because that would definitely be the best advertisement in the world if you've already been in a lot of pain and you have used some of the methods and they worked. I think that would be great for anyone that, you know, for anyone that knows to call in. I'm going to mention the, just one sec, the numbers again. If you have anything to share with us, please do 888-429-5471 or 323-744-4841. Are we going to say something, Micah? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to say uh, you can go to the testimonials section on the Cash Foundation website. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of testimonials from people all across the planet that have had benefit from using the plasma, the cups of life, um, different things from the Cash store. There's all kinds. And, and that's what I want to also uh, you know, let people know that there is a Kesh Foundation website store that they've been selling GANs and plasma products for quite some time now, many years, and they're shipping them worldwide. And, and there's testimonials of all walks of life that have had incredible, um, almost in miraculous, um, uh, you know, experiences while using these um, different plasmas and and technologies. Okay. Yeah. It it is quite astounding. Um, it's just not mainstream yet. You know, it has to be something you know about and have heard about. But uh, the website is cash dot foundation for those who want to start looking into. And it. how do they spell cash for anyone that K, might be listening? Yeah, K as as in kangaroo. Yeah. E S is in Samuel H E Kesh K E S H dot com dot foundation. Oh foundation, okay. Yeah, Kesh dot foundation. And um you know it really is um tied into what Rama and Tara were talking about with first contact and full disclosure. This is 
galactic technology and he has cash has galactic friends <laughs> shall we say that, and okay. uh, yeah is online too oh Padme, right go ahead yeah. hi hi Alina. hi everyone. hi <laughs> my phone might not hold the juice i'm trying to charge it but uh holy moly what a fantastic subject and uh, certainly right up my alley holy mackerel um <clears throat> I turned 60 this weekend, and my mom was here, and uh, things were okay for two days. But by day three, the accumulation of, you know, every single thing you've talked about, um, uh, not, you know, obviously not sexual abuse, but uh, just the, the everything is a polarity and a loaded question and always has an agenda to serve her ego, and you have to be really careful what you say, and it just goes on and on and on and you know it's the so one eyebrow had, look it's the, so so you had an awful lot of eggshells then this past weekend awful lot of what eggshells egg walking on yes, eggshells absolutely. i thought that's what you said yes indeed yes indeed yeah. and uh you know my intention was for everything to end up you know, even if I could, you know, bite my tongue, bite the bullet, keep everything together, I did, uh, my intention was for it to end up on, you know, a harmonized visit. And, uh, uh, she, you know, it just finally, I, by day three, I, you know, always talking about my daughter in the future tense of, 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 you know, being a, what, you know, what she's going to be. And I just finally said, you know, she is a divine and complete human before, you know, before any yeah. of that and uh right. you know because i was so i mean if i had one if i had six a's and one b i was grounded for two weeks and had all my ballet classes taken away and when you're in a dance group that's just not acceptable and Aww. i mean it was humiliating and uh a lot of stuff oh, a lot gosh. of crazy stuff and uh you know you can't do that when you're dancing six days a week and you're you know i mean you just don't do that and Fortunately, I had really good grandparents, but when she would drive up, you know, in her fancy little Alfa Romeo, she lived at, you know, my grandparents had enough room for her to live on the top floor of the house. And, but it would make me sick, physically sick. I would, I would know before her car even drove up. I would just be yep. absolutely yeah. ill. And uh, from the time I was probably five on, you know, and just, you know, and stealing my sweaters and, you know, wearing them and leaving them inside out. I mean, she was young and I, for, I, I, I understand all of it, but wow, when you relive it, she left in a half on Sunday, you know, and, uh, but you know, it's very, that's what I was talking about. It's very different understanding it, and it's a whole different thing experiencing on an emotional level. Oh, completely. Totally, totally different. Yeah. Yep. And I, you know, I, by the time she left, I mean, I knew that, you know, I'm able to witness. And not wallow, but the last, you know, since Sunday night, my head is spinning because there's so much of it that just, you know, comes up in waves, all the details of things for, you know, years and years, well, that, especially mostly in childhood. Yes. That's like yep. the, com- yeah, that's like complex PTSD. Yep. It's a live loop for me the last four days, super live yes. loop. And, uh. Yeah. I'm keeping it together, you know, no booze, no none of that stuff, but it is a traumatic event and it's uh there is no, you know, there's no way when you have someone that is abusive, malignant narcissism parent, there are no there there is eventually no way to deal with it one way or the other. Well, it's the, the, the only 
The only way you can do it is not have her for three days, have her for a day and a half. Yes, yes. And I tried, and then she waited till it got dark, and she didn't charge her Tesla, even though we offered to do that at our house. And then it just became day three, and then she wanted to go earlier. And so then it's a big drama, you know, just right. full on. So I, okay. I can't say enough about your subject. Sorry, go on, Caroline. Well, I'm sorry to break in, Padme. I want to ask Omina quickly, what's your psychic reading there? Is the mother coming to the daughter for some healing, for some closure or healing? Or, you know, a lot of parents, a lot of people, when they have children too young, that child is supposed to love them. That child is supposed to make their life okay. They're not strong enough to realize this is a tiny, vulnerable youngster I'm supposed to protect they feel that the child is somebody who's supposed to come through for them. Well, oftentimes what happens when you have a young girl who has a child very young, oftentimes they want they do want that child to love them. They don't want the parent role. They want the child yeah. to be the parent. Yes. But what happens with with your mother, what I'm getting is that when she's not getting what she wants, she turns abusive. Bingo. Narcissistic? Yep. yep. Yeah. She turns um, abusive. As long as she's as long as she's getting what she wants and she's satisfied, you're safe. But if she's not yep. getting much out, you need to run. Yes, yes. Since I was uh, yeah, you have to placate full time and it is a constant vortex and she feels entitled to that and doesn't have any facets that something, you know, well, it becomes a symbiotic relationship between the mother and the child. That's what it becomes. Yeah. Okay. So it's, I mean, I don't want to go in, I don't want to go into that over, over the radio about that, but it's about finding boundaries in there and, and, and putting the boundaries, taking charge and putting the boundaries in. If it's getting to where, three days is too much, then you have to put mm-hmm. the foot down, make sure that she's able to move wherever she's going by this, the end of the second day. You either take her or you make sure she's ready to go. I don't care if you make up that you have an appointment somewhere else, that you have to be somewhere else. You know, all of yeah. that's part of you learning to stand in your power. Because I'm also mm-hmm. getting, you are no longer responsible for your mother. No, no, that that contract to me is over, and uh, yes. I I was sort of it was I was already sort of in a wouldn't call it cat I'm more catatonic now, but I was more by I coached myself about boundaries before she got here and checking in with myself, but by day two and a half, I think I was a little askew in my focus, and I sort of let my guard down, and it was okay right. for you her to have, stay. And, yes. Yeah. What you let me tell you. Let me tell you what you have to find. What you have to look for. You have to give up the hope junkie in your child. You have to check out and see if your if the hope junkie in your child is still hoping that mom will change and give me what I need. Okay. 
You have to teach yeah. the child. You have to teach the child to give that up because that's what causes a symbiotic relationship between the two of you. She's looking for what you want. You're looking for what she wants. You're both looking for the same thing. You're just not the two people to give it to each other because it's too toxic. Yeah, I think sometimes I allow too much symbiotic and not to stay closer to my truth. But with someone like that, if you have too if you're too firm about your truth, then all chaos breaks loose and exactly. you know, it's so, yeah. you have to, right. Mm-hmm. You have to learn right. You have to learn how to do it so it doesn't trigger you first of all. Yeah. And and it doesn't trigger her. It's like separating before you get to that point. Yes. And there's it's a lot a of psychic invasion. Mm-hmm. She's not, she's not, she's no wallflower about it. And the guy who did my Akasha record a while, long while back told me he was kind of, he was rather astounded. And he just said, she's in a penalty box in this lifetime. I mean, she's comfortable. Things are good. She's had a pretty good life to say the least, but, uh, that she has wreaked a lot of havoc on other people's lives in, in several lifetimes. And this is a, a, a box for her to be here at this time, but um, with some energetic boundaries that she doesn't really realize I do, because I can see things from other lifetimes with both she and I well, and just have, her. Right, so, right. You have yeah. to remember, this is you're being forced to grow, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. But you're also in a better position to create boundaries than she is. Yes, yes, absolutely. Agreed. Because um, you're, yeah, because you're much I, more aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, I think for anyone out there, I mean, to really, I when you have sort of a, uh, you know, Alexis Carrington type meets uh, in twinges of Joan Crawford type mom, I mean, there are a lot of people that, I, I think even, I mean, I've been through the ringer and back of many, many times, but I think there's a lot of people that aren't even aware when they have a parent like that of how even to begin to deal with it, you know. Um, but so what a what a fantastic subject. So thank you. Um, thank oh, you're you welcome. All of you. Thank well, you. Thank you, Pamela. I, I won't keep you. I'll let whoever wants to come in. And thank you for all the laughter early on. Sorry to bring the seriousness in, but thank you, Omina and everyone. <laughs> Not a problem. Stay safe and take care of yourself. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on Good. it. Good. Well, I'll keep doing <laughs> it. It's <worth laughs> doing. You're doing great, and happy birthday, Padme. Oh, thank yes. You, dear. Happy birthday. Thank you. thank you, all of you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll meet of out. Of course. Blessings. All right. Much love. Okay, well, we're getting... What is that? Oh, is that the hang-up? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, it's getting near the end of our show. Does anybody else have anything to say? You're all so quiet. <laughs> well, I, I mean, um, I was, just, I going, Go I was just going to, um, you know, say that to those who are suffering from CPTSD, complex PTSD, that it affects your relationships. It affects how you see yourself. It affects how you handle everyday stresses. You can get triggered and and blame yourself like you're just weak and not fully understand. I didn't understand for the longest time why I went around the world afraid that someone was going to blame me and yell at me for something because I grow up with that almost constantly, you know, in the house I lived in. So 
Um, if you don't understand what's happening, please look into it. Um, you know, Omina is, is one of, she's, she's a psychic medium. She can help on many levels. Uh, and also on YouTube, there's this astounding woman, Anna Runkle. If you just go to YouTube and do a search for the crappy childhood fairy, and as soon as you put in the crappy, it'll pop up crappy childhood fairy. And this is what this lovely woman does. She's not a therapist. She's sort of a coach for people who want to come through this kind of wounding and so much compassion and kindness, but knows when to uh, offer the tough love as well. She'll read an email that someone sent in with their story, and then she'll point out what's going on, you know, uh, and how the person is um, in, like I've been, I freely admit, in a cycle of relationships that are not good because yeah. to you, the, the not good stuff is love. Okay. So you've got to rework that's, the rewiring in the exactly. brain. Exactly. That's yeah. part of the, that's part of the effects. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. That's part of the, these symptoms you might say that yes. people put themselves through convincing themselves that it's love when it's actually abuse. Yeah. Or yeah. neglect and abandonment. And oh, all of that. All of the above, yes. You can get more emotionally tied in, in that kind of a relationship. You oh, can definitely. feel more of a tie. So this is why, I wondered this for years, uh, this is why the woman who's getting abused will agree with her friends. Yes, he's a, a, a creep and a low life, and I got to get away from him. And then the week after that, she's back with him. And it's enough to make you tear your hair out. What are you doing? What do you do? You know, you've gone back with this guy, and it's because the tie is so strong. It's well, yes, it's also within. it's also a cycle. It's also the cycle of abuse where you have you have the build up, you have the build up in the relationship, and then the tension is released, whether it's through the whether it's yes. through the verbal, physical, emotional abuse of the release, and after that, then you have the honeymoon phase. Yes. Okay. I had a friend telling me one time about growing up and uh, I think I think dad abused mom, physically abused mom. And after all that happened, mom would go around singing. And that's wow. the honeymoon phase. Wow. Because the relief is so great. And he would promise, you know, never to do it again and yeah. love her and everything else. Yeah. And then she'd be happy on to build up again. That's a real cycle. Yeah, exactly. In any relationship, that's a real cycle. Exactly. Yeah. And she was tied into that by powerful yes. cords. Oh, absolutely. It would have taken it's, a lot to get out. Well, because it begins, it begins on the disguise of love. So you yes. think that is love. So, so you don't realize what it is until you get out there, educate yourself, mix with other people and realize that they don't go through the same thing because we have a tendency to think that everybody is going through the same thing. If you're in a happy household, you think all households are happy. Yeah. If you're in a miserable one, you think everybody else is. But the ones that are the most difficult are the ones that have their private life and their public life where it goes all on behind doors and nobody knows about it. Then you have the secrecy. That's another layer on top of how can you tell anybody when you come from middle class and we all look so good, you know, and all this stuff is on behind. That makes it even more difficult for people 
to admit because the shame is there, the shame base. Now the shame base. So, yeah, and it, you get used to wearing that mask. You know, we were the perfect white middle class ministers' yeah. family who showed up perfectly before the congregation, and I was the only one who was depressed or angry, and I got yelled at a lot for that. That's <laughs> right, because you weren't behaving yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. holding up the, the facade. It's, it's very real. It's very real. Yeah. Very, yeah. very sad, but it's very real. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, it's possible to get through it. Believe you me, if there's anyone out there suffering, you just need support, and there's plenty of it. Uh, Absolutely. There's emotional freedom technique. There's tapping. Uh, there's, you know, online groups. If you can't put out the money for a therapist, there's online groups that can help. And uh, again, this woman and her uncle and the crappy childhood fairy YouTube channel, that'll give you a start. That'll help you realize you're not nuts, you know, right. and what right. you experience is totally typical for people with your kind of growing up time. Just remember, for anyone that's listening and you have not addressed it, if you have suffered from any kind of PTSD or complex PTSD due to mental, emotional, physical, spiritual abuse, it does cloud how you see your world and how you see the world in general. You will look for the negative. You will look for the awful. You will look for whatever because you're conditioned to do that. Uh, Amina, can I interject at this point? Yes. Uh, Because you've come back to something that bothered me more or less right at the beginning when you were talking about the toddler souls and the people on January the 6th. Um, This right away, I could see a lot of those uh, toddler souls having had a form of complex PTSD, considering the abuse they had received from... um, you know, he who shall not be named, who offered them all kinds of things and then would withdraw his hand when it came time to uh, coming through with the promise or fulfilling the promise. And all of a sudden, I could just see all those people that I saw on January the 6th as people that are suffering with this stuff and they have no idea, which is why their intellect is stunted as well. Right. I mean, it isn't just that, you know, you're saying you can't get through to them. But you can't get through to them, partly because it's educational, partly it's economics, and partly it's this, what you're talking about, it's the complex PTSD. Yeah, Yeah, it can be, definitely. Well, they're either suffering from it or they're giving us one or the other. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, they're doing one or the other. And when you have have big daddy, you're going to be looking for daddy's support and daddy's approval, so you're going to do what daddy wants. Yes. Mm. The other thing, the other place that that gives me the creeps just thinking about it is how much of this exists in the prison system. And that I can hardly, I can't even bear Uh, to think about it too much. Oh, hugely. Yeah. That's a whole different, different topic altogether. You know, because men were not, humans were not created. Animals, we're part of the animal kingdom. We're not, we were not bred and born to be caged anywhere. Yes, now, that's now true. Some, some do need to be separated and locked up for their own safety as well as everybody else, everybody else's safety. I mean, to talk about the prison system would take hours. That's a whole yes. different. It, the bottom line with, with 
prison systems, it's economics. It makes big money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But the econ- but what just it's just the emotional stuff around it that um is so toxic and so well, like I said, it's hard to think about and uh, it would take well, a while. Well, now think of it this way. If the system was made up of an awful lot of sociopaths and psychopaths, they do fine in prison. Mm. They do fine in prison. It's the poor young guys and girls that made a mistake and are thrown into an adult prison and they are not bad people at all. They're not psychopaths and they're not sociopaths and they're not you know, all kinds of disorders that you might have, they're the ones that suffer the most. They're the ones that have the most compassion for. Because if you're a psychopath or a sociopath, you don't care. You don't feel pain. Mm. Okay? Mm. It's yeah. very different. So it's a, it's a it's a huge, another thing that human beings created to domineer over each other. Again, I'm going to walk around with my white cloak on me and I'm going to say bless it all. That's mm-hmm. all I can do. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I just uh, want to toss that in because that struck oh, me. You. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just good. bless them all. Yeah. Omina. Yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I was just curious asking you. How did you get help when you were growing up in that orphanage? I didn't get a lot of it because at the time, it was in the early 60s, uh, they didn't know that children grieved. So all five of us went in there and did no idea what we were feeling. It was all grief. Now I know it was grief. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it took years to... um, grow into that but then I'm a, I, I, I'm a warrior soul I was a very strong I was a very strong kid I was a very strong I was the parent to my sisters when we went into the orphanage I didn't have to go in I went in with them because I didn't want them to go on their own and so you didn't need to go what, uh, were you older or what I was old enough to where I could have said no oh but I wouldn't say no. I went with them and I'm glad I did because that's the way it was supposed to go. And the funny thing about it is when you go in to an orphanage, you're at the bottom row, you but you're on the you're on the bottom, so to speak, because they're already established um established pecking orders, you might say. Oh. But my energy without ever opening my mouth, nobody ever touched us. That was just my energy. See, I had no fear. Mm-hmm. I can have lots of emotions, but fear wasn't one of them. So it was like, it's, it was like, I walk into the room and you won't even think about what you're thinking about doing to me. It's not going to happen. That's my energy. That was my energy back there. I didn't know it at the time, but it definitely saved an awful lot of grief in that sense. I mean, my sisters, some of my sisters didn't make out as well as they grew into adulthood. They didn't grow out as well uh, emotionally. But they've come a long way because I've talked to them. I was like their mother. I took over the mother's role. I was parentified at a very young age. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
But you have to remember, we did not have, we lived at home. We did not have sexual, mentally, emotionally, physical abuse. That wasn't there, to my knowledge, that I remember. We weren't broken by the time we went in there. Mm -hmm. That's a huge difference as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it makes a difference. You had a sense of self. You had a voice. You knew oh, absolutely. You could use it. Yeah, oh, it had, yeah. hadn't yeah. been muffled I was, and I was really, I was really the peacemaker. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be any nonsense. We're going to have this peacefully. Yeah. <laughs> if you can imagine. <laughs> I was the peaceful warrior. Oh, I, yes. Yeah. Sure. I still, yeah, I still am. Yeah. Yeah. So my brothers didn't make out as well as the sisters did, but that that's a whole different story. They're all able to talk about it now. At one time, they couldn't. Mm. Yeah. And you have to remember, we went from great poverty into, into an indoor bathroom and, you know, indoor bathroom and three meals a day. That was a huge big difference from an outdoor one. and never know when you got food. Yeah. So... Oh, outdoor bathroom, Ireland. It would not be the ideal uh, uh, t- w- climate for an, any kind of outdoor bathroom, particularly in winter. But well, that's what we had. Yeah, you had to draw water from a well. You had to draw oh, water from a well. You had an outdoor, um, an outhouse, and my mother was meticulous about clean. So there was an awful lot of dragon water all the time. <laughs> and of course her yes. and I argued yes. all the time about that so you know I'd argue with her about watching the kids and argue about and then of course we had to work in the fields for the farmers so anyway it's a whole never world whole different world yes yes and here you are Omina here I am I for some reason I just got to the top of the heap and it doesn't feel any different <laughs> <laughs> I am grateful for all the teachers in my life and for all the people that, you know, I think I had one thing going for me that I didn't realize I had going for me, and that was intelligence. Yes. Clarity and intelligence. I was able to figure an awful lot of stuff out. And I also didn't buy into an awful lot of the BS that was shoved down my throat. So you And, of course, religion didn't go anywhere. You were your own best friend, is what you're Absolutely. telling. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. 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 I even had a sense of humor then. <laughs> you haven't lost a bit of it, dear. <laughs> no, no. It saved my life a few times. Yeah. Did I ever tell you the story about the nun? We always called her the nun. She was the nun. There was three units, and she was, her name was Sister Joseph Conception. May she rest in peace. She was a sweet nun. And I remember in the cafeteria, and she was always yelling at me about boys. And she said to me, I don't know why I wasn't dating any boys. We couldn't date. And um, she said to me, you know, if if they, I had no idea what I was talking about. But she said to me, if they kiss you, you can get pregnant. And I said to her, I think they have to do more than that. And she just, and she just, I didn't even know what they would have to do, but she just turned red as a beat. She never mentioned a word about boyfriends after that again. Oh my goodness. I know. I mean, 
Why don't they just educate you about it? You know? Oh, oh that was the idea. Even my amongst evangelical Protestants, it was the same way for a long time. And there's a huge similarity between the two groups, the Catholics and the very conservative evangelicals. My oh, mother yeah. used to say, I used to want to talk to my brothers about things like, you know, are your friends asking you to smoke dope or steal or whatever. And she said, don't you think talking about it just puts ideas in their head? Well, that's the whole, I know. (laughs) When I, (laughs) I was in the orphanage and I didn't get my period for six months. I thought I was pregnant. Oh my God. Yeah. And of course, what it was was all shock and grief and change. But they never told me that. But they would they would say things like, if you kiss a boy, you'll get pregnant, to scare you away from going anywhere near sexuality in the oh, slightest. I know. It's just the ignorance of it. It's like, yeah. Yeah. oh, my goodness gracious. You know, it's like, and anybody, anyone in the office that did get pregnant, they were sent to the Magdalena sisters <gasps> in, in, in. Oh, God bless them. Oh, <laughs> I hope they survived. Those places were tortured prisons. They were sick. Absolutely of despicable. Of course they were sick. Yeah. What what are you, what are you talking about? The Magdalena. Magdalene Laundries. Oh, oh okay. Oh, oh, I've heard about those. Yeah. Yes, horrifying. So well, they the just girls... closed down in the nineties. Oh, I know. It's terrifying that it lasted yeah. that long. Yeah. That's just wretched. Just look so at the many movie. didn't survive. Watch the movie Philomena and you'll get the whole history. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. There's actually a movie called The Magdalene Laundries, yes. I think. Yes. And I just barely made it through. I was crying so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what those, I don't know what those are, Omina, but it sounds like I can conjecture the way everybody's talking. There were there there the laundries down in Cork where they sent pregnant girls, teenage girls, and used them as slaves in the laundry. When they had their babies, they took the babies from them and sold them. Sold them. Oh. And they treated the girls horribly. Absolutely oh, yeah. Horribly. And a lot of them were being sexually abused by the clergy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes they would send them, you just because they saw a girl flirting or because she was very pretty. Oh. Oh, they threatened to send me several times because I wouldn't keep my mouth shut. And <laughs> oh, I my Lord. Say, I would just say, go ahead. They never did because they never would, there was never enough reason to send me. But you no. see, I, I was, I always talk out loud. I live out loud. What can I tell you? Just definitely, we never grew up with any secrets in my house. There was no secrets because we were too poor to have secrets. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I was always, you know, if, 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 if the nuns came at me with some rotten something they're going to say to me, I'm going to come back real quick with it. So they tried to, there's lots of things that went down around that. And I just wasn't quiet about it. So they were going to send me to the cork and I would just say, go ahead. But they never did. They never did send me. And I would have never gone. So no, you'd have run away. You'd have run away. Oh, I had enough. I would have gone to my grandmother's or one of my aunts or something. It was definitely enough family to where they would interfere. They yeah. just would not pick one of one of their granddaughter my grandmother 
uh, and my grandfather and they would just not allow someone to come along, pick us up and throw us somewhere in another, in another, you know, they were involved in our, in our uh, time in the orphanage. Yeah. So it's like, that wasn't going to happen. No. Again, like I had no fear, so it didn't matter. <laughs> I love it. Oh, golly. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> I was going to say thank you so much, Omina, for this wonderful show and discussion. And um, I know it means a lot to me and a lot of other survivors. And again, I'll just throw out a lifeline to anyone who's really feeling like, I don't know why I'm so sensitive or why certain things just set me off right. or why I cry at times. I feel very isolated. I don't fit into the world. There are reasons for that, friend. All right. It's not your fault. You have to reach out and learn yes. about this and, and find someone to talk to about That's it. That's right. And you'll get so, through it. On that note, we shall come to a close. It is now almost 20 after 11. It's way beyond my bedtime. <laughs> Thank you, Amina. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for talking and listening and putting up with all the great fun stuff. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much, Amina. That was a very wonderful show tonight. You're welcome. I hope Randy and Vinak feels better. Send them lots of love and healing. Yes. Yes. And music maestro. Music. Yes. Good night, everyone. Good night, Omina. Good night, Omina. Thank you so much, Omina. (laughs) Hello. All right. There we go. There's a big old K up there.